Broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout, it's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Stolen Droids Podcast. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook, and we're going old school this week. We are. It's crazy. Kind of stupid and infuriating all at the same time. And I shouldn't say really old school, because really old school means we'd be using those really old Logitech head- headsets we used to use. But this week, somehow, um, after getting us through Salt Lake Comic Con Fan X just this last weekend, both of our mics have died. Yeah, we don't know what's up with yours. Mine, though, I just think it's got a short, so I'm going to break it open and try and repair it. Yeah, so um, so I'm using my old headset, and Zoner's using his old Yeti mic. Um, so we're going to get the the vintage old school sound for stolen droids. Yeah, it takes us back, doesn't it? It really does. If you want to see our original, of course, our podcast listeners won't be able to tell, but I actually uncovered our old headset like the ear pads fallen off and it's like partially decomposed. And you know, that's kind of what happens when you realize you've been recording for six years, you know, the exact same thing. I saw mine, my original headset earlier tonight too. And the exact same thing. It's just kind of disintegrated. Yeah. Crazy how that happens. It's, it's like a, it's like an artifact for a museum at this point. <laughs> well, hey, we want to give a shout-out to our sponsors, trekradio.net, kryptonradio.com, uh, stitcher.com, jeez, uh, Radio KSCR, Geek Factor Radio, and a big shout-out to Salt Lake Comic Con Fanex. They just wrapped up yesterday. We're recording this Sunday night. We were going to record on the con floor, but we were having some problems with the mixer, and it just didn't happen. So our apologies there. We did get to see some fans, though. Um, Nathan stopped by and said hello. Some other people that... Uh, we, re- we reached out to a lot of new listeners and people who recognized us from years past. That was kind of cool. Yeah, and we were able to give away quite a few passes to people. So, I mean, I think we gave away four sets of multi-passes to listeners mm-hmm. and to just other people as well. So uh, thanks to Comic-Con for providing us that opportunity. We, we truly appreciate it. Indeed. Now, it was um, a little bit cramped, I think. I think they were kind of uh, tweaking the style this week, or this this year. Well, I think I saw that they had half of the half of the convention center, and they had all... I was talking with some people in the Comic-Con office on Saturday morning, and they had half of, half of the center, and they had all of their guests booked, and half the center should have been sufficient for that. However... Then they had guests keep approaching them saying, hey, can I come to Salt Lake? And it eventually just got kind of big and kind of crowded. Uh, I did notice Friday night uh, into Saturday, they did rearrange the floor a bit to try and create more space. And that seemed to help. Uh, I heard that they had about 20,000 on Saturday afternoon. Uh, so, I mean, it was it was a pretty good good size convention for what they were going for. Uh, they were looking for smaller, you know, the Fan X is typically smaller than Comic-Con. Um, and I think they, you know, considering the space limitations, they did a pretty good job. I, I was fairly happy with the convention this time around. Yeah, no, it was it was fun. I think they got a lot more celebrities this time than they usually did, and a lot of good panels. Yeah, I think I saw 31 celebrities, which is insane for a two-day con. That is a lot of people to try and see in two days. But, yeah, it was great. And, you know, the celebrities that they brought in were just wonderful. Um, Kari Payton, who plays King Ezekiel on on The Walking Dead, he also is the voice of Cyborg and Aqualad and 
You know, he's he's done a lot of voiceover work in, in the past. Uh, I was talking with his agent and I said, you know, I didn't know you were his agent. He said, oh, yeah, he was a voiceover guy before he became an on-screen guy. He's he's voiceover in, in his heart. Now he just happens to be on the biggest show on TV. But um, nice guy. He was super nice. I watched him for an hour and a half as I was waiting to. I actually paid for an inter, or for an autograph with from one of the voice actors. But I, as I was waiting in, there in line, I watched him hug every single person that came through his line, and he did not sit down or go behind his table one time, which was amazing to me. I thought it was so wonderful. Um, and then guys like Jason Momoa, I, I went up and I, I met him. And we chatted for a few minutes, and then he noticed my daughter with me, who was 11, and he turns and he says, hi, I'm Jason, what's your name? And he shakes her hand. And she said, wow, he was really nice, Dad. Yes, he was. He was very kind. Very, very nice man. So they, I, I did not have, hear any problems with any of the celebrities this time around, which usually you hear, you know, there's one or two. Well, there were some complaints that some of the celebrities left a little bit early, I don't quite know what happened there, but, uh, and unfortunately, um, Stan Lee was forced to cancel. He's had to do this a couple times now for some recent cons, some health problems. Um, and, you know, I hope, we hope that he gets a lot better. Um, he is getting older. He is 94, though, but I thought it was really cool. He did Skype in. Yeah. So he could still, he still did a panel via Skype, which I thought was amazing that he would do. Yep. Great guy. Hope he gets better. Um, hopes he, hope he takes it easy, you know? Those cons take it out of you. They take they it really out of you do. when we're 30, or, or 60 in Zoner's case, and <laughs> I, I, I don't even want to know what it'd be like when you're 94. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Now, I got a question for you. I keep seeing images, uh, floating around of, seeing images of a Swedish chef cosplayer. And I saw it last time, last September at Comic Con. And I'm looking at that person, and I'm thinking, that looks remarkably like Stark. Have you seen those, Zook? I have not, no. Yeah, I, I'm really wondering if it is Stark. And and Stark, if you're listening to this, uh, let us know if that's you. I, I could probably just reach out to you because, you know, we're friends and it's easy to do, but I'm just lazy, so... <laughs> um, well, we got to move on. I, I wish we could do an entire episode of just this, but you got a lot of audio interviews, so so we should be expecting those up soon, right? I did get some audio. I'll throw that together. That'll be the next episode of Generic Geek Podcast. I am going to be out of town this week for work and next week as well, uh, so I don't know uh, if I'll be able to get how quickly I'll be able to get them up, but I will. Uh, patch them all together and throw together an episode for your listening enjoyment. But no, we had some, some great author interviews, talked with um, Larry Correa, talked with uh, DJ Butler, talked with Shay Fontana, who's doing the DC superhero girls. Uh, got Kari Payton on there. Um, Jeff Bennett, who's the voice of Johnny Bravo. I spoke with. Um, so yeah, there, there's a few that, that I was able to talk to. I haven't had a chance to go back and listen to them other than to confirm that, I do have the recordings, so I don't know once all said and done and edited how much how much there will be, but there will be something, and I will get it up as quickly as I can for you guys. Excellent, excellent. Now, um, quick follow up here. We uh, we mentioned our site redesign. There was some problems that happened from it, and as a result, it did not come back up when expected. 
Yeah, that was kind of disgusting, to be honest. So for those of you who who may be interested, uh, we went down on Friday, Thursday night, Friday morning sometime, and we were supposed to be back up first thing Monday morning at the latest. Uh, we were back, I think, Thursday morning about 2 a.m. is when we finally put the site back live. We paid somebody to do our our site migration and our, our site redesign for us. And we found out after the fact that that consisted of him clicking apply to a new WordPress theme, which we could have done. So then Colin and I went in and, and I'm not sure how much you were able to hop on and do Zook, but um, Colin and I spent hours going in and reconfiguring the site. And finally about, like I said, about 2 a.m. Thursday morning, we had it back up to a point where we could get it going. Now there are still issues uh, that we're trying to work out. But for the most part, I think everything is functional. If you do run into problems, those let us know. Send your feedback to, or send your comments or whatever to uh, feedback at stolendroids.com. Yep. Now, we do have some feedback, actually. Nice. So we'll get into it. It's all from Ruff. Ro- Ruff wrote, like, three separate emails. Wow. Yeah. Uh, first off, he says, I get the impression he writes them kind of as he thinks of them, as he li- he's listening to it. Which I get. Which makes sense. It's an hour-long show. I understand. You you may not always remember what your feedback was at minute five that you do at minute 55. So he says, first off, first email, that he gets the Microsoft Cloud pop-up in File Explorer. He thinks he saw it maybe twice, maybe three times. We mentioned last week that Microsoft it was throwing advertisements into the File Explorer shell. And uh, he sent this to me on Monday, and I've been keeping an eye out ever since, and I still don't see it. I, I believe you, Ruff. I believe that this is happening. I find it more interesting that I'm not seeing it. Yeah, I'm not seeing it either. And I don't know if that's because I'm running Pi-hole on my home network and it's blocking it or what. But I did notice that there were some people on the Pi-hole subreddit today asking how they can block that from popping up. What what domains they need to Are add you to using Pi-hole. Pro? Are you using, Pro? No, no, sorry, Windows Pro. Um, no, I don't believe so. Just Windows Home. Yeah, I use it on both. And it's also very possible that we've simply used Windows long enough that we just kind of didn't pay attention to it. Well, I've I've been in Windows Explorer all night long, and I haven't seen anything. So it's it's possible, but thanks for pointing that out, Ruff. Then he points out another thing, and this is very funny, and we should have expected this from Ruff. Because he gets into the nitty gritty of the of the money of the numbers, it's it's his job, uh, and this is in regards to Apple sinking their profit as part of the mobile uh, mobile industry. He says the Apple the quote Apple takes eighty percent of profits from the smartphone industry story uh, end quote is just goes to show that Apple completely and utterly gouges its customers. There's a link in the article you included that includes sales as measured by units. Apple, 215 million versus Samsung, 308 million. Sorry, 309 million. So, on 215 million units, Apple made a profit of 44.9 billion, or $209 per unit. On 309 million units, Samsung made a profit of 8.3 billion, or $27 per unit. Is an iPhone worth an extra $180 per unit? Rough. Well, and it's not just that rough, but it's, you know, as we pointed out before, it's also the accessories. Oh, yeah. So, but he makes an interesting, very interesting point that they sell, uh, what is that, like 96, no, 94, fewer, a million fewer units of whatever than Samsung does and makes, oh, geez, what is that? Five times the cost? Five times the profit? 
That is an insane amount of gouging. I hadn't even okay. done that. It's it's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And then finally, he sent me this hilarious article. Says, I'm assuming you saw this. Uh, someone asked Alexa, you know, would you lie to me? And she caught this all on video. And Alexa says, I would never lie to you. I would never purposely lie to you. The next question, do you work for the CIA? Dead silence. So she repeated herself. Do you work for the CIA? Dead silence. Wow. (laughs) Which it's hilarious because I don't think Alexa is like, you know, lying through omission there. Amazon has updated the software now. So when you ask it, it'll say I work for Amazon. That is hilarious, though. That really is. That's unnerving. That's unnerving. But when you ask the question, would you lie to me? How do you know that the tr- answer is truthful? Because if it's if it's a lie, how would no, you know? I would never lie to you. It's a lie. How do you know? Or no, I would never lie to you. Okay, that's the truth. But how do you know? It's just funny. It is so funny. Yeah. Sorry, it shouldn't be, but it is. Yeah, that's messed up. Um, speaking about the CIA and how it's probably actually controlling your Alexa, your, your, your Amazon Echo. Um, so we've talked about that albino rapist and alleged, uh, rapist in previous episodes. And oh, you mean Julian Assange? Yeah, that guy. And how he keeps trying to weasel his way back into the spotlight. Um, hey, by the way, everyone has been hacked and... This is all going on, and the CIA is watching everything, and Apple and Google are saying, no, no, they're not. Well, he wants to help tech companies become CIA-proof. They, he wants them to be able to overcome these spy tools, these hacking tools, and he wants to help. You know, I get the impression from him. You look at Edward Snowden and what he did, and he just kind of has gone off. He'll, he'll surface every now and then, make a few comments, and disappear. He's not really in the limelight a lot. Right. Compared to Julian Assange. I think Julian Assange is nothing more than a publicity whore. Oh, he totally is. He's a Kardashian when it comes to trying to get publicity. Well, and it just goes to show, because this week when he said, we are committed, we're going to donate all this information, we're going to let all the companies know how they're being hacked, and we're going to help them become CIA-proof. Oh, but we need you to capitulate to our demands first. And when I say ours, I mean mine. Uh, you need to make, uh, you need to agree to all my demands. I want you to uphold this contract and this contract. I want a 90 day disclosure, which basically means that within 90 days of them getting the information, he will disclose the information to everyone. So they have 90 days to fix all the problems. And they don't even know what problems there are because he's only let out some of them. And the ones he's already let out, they're saying have already been patched. Yeah. So what the other demands are aren't immediately clear, but they're not happy. The tech companies are truly very unhappy with this. It's like if you're so and here's again is why I just don't trust the dude. If you are as altruistic as you're trying to put off, just give them the information. Yeah, totally. I mean, but you know, it's interesting. Both WikiLeaks and the CIA 
have the tech companies by the short and curlies. There's nothing they can do. They, uh, they're at the mercy of, of the government and WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. And it may be that WikiLeaks doesn't even have anything that's of use to them, but they're holding it over them. And Assange is holding it over these tech companies. Uh, and it almost seems like he's trying to extort them. Yeah, it really does. It really, really does. If he was as sh- a shining white knight as he claims, he would not be doing this. It is most frustrating. Yeah, totally. Uh, well, let's go into other screw-ups. And this week, unfortunately, it's Google. Holy crap. Yeah, there's a few. Okay, so first off, this isn't so much a screw-up as it is just a, a facepalm, an absolute facepalm. Google has launched a new messaging app. Because, of course, they have. How many do they have now? Messaging. Um, They've got Allo, Allo Duo, Hangouts. Duo, yeah, Hangouts. They've got two versions of Hangouts now. They have Google Voice. Um, so that's five. Yeah. And that's not including like the little sub-chats and sub-messaging systems you have within Google Docs. Or Google Plus or... Yeah. yeah. Well, this one is called Supersonic, which doesn't sound Google-like at all. And we will probably never see it as part of the official Google apps like you see right now. But you can download an APK of it. And it's kind of a push-to-talk, walkie-talkie-style voice messaging system. You can either do it and have the system transcribe it and send the transcription, right? Or just send the actual voice. And what confuses me about this is the fact that this has been done before to death by a lot of people. Nextel used to go entirely off of it. That was their whole, their whole reason for existence. Right. So I'm, I'm not really sure quite what Google's trying to bring to the table here. Now there's an article here from Android Central and, um, Oh, is that Android Central? Is that Android? Yeah, it is Android yeah. Central. Yeah. And the guy's going how much he would really, really hate it, how he really didn't want another one, and oh my gosh, he loves it so much. And I'm sure that maybe if that is your, that's how you do things, then sure, it works for you, and you probably really hated when Nextel went away. But why can't we just have this in one app? Well, I can understand why we don't get something like this baked into an app, because it is kind of a different thing. But there's no reason why we should have all these other apps. And, you know, eventually this should merge into the one main app. But initially, I can see why they, they maybe didn't bake it in. But it's still ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're going to jump ahead a little bit into another thing that they've done. Um, uh, speaking of messaging app, because they also then brought out, um, well, what is this actually called now? Hangouts is that, chat. Is that the, yeah, the, the Slack competitor, which is the, the second version of Hangouts that I just talked about. So this right, is right. the team collaboration space that's going to take on Microsoft Teams, Workplace by Facebook, Cisco Spark, and of course, Slack. Um, so I've been watching the videos on this. I've been following it. The only thing it has really going for it that those other ones don't have is that it integrates with meet their corporate 
video hangout system we talked about last week that you couldn't figure out how to, uh, sorry, not you specifically, but no one could figure out how to schedule a meeting for. Well, it turns out it's meant to go hand in hand with Hangouts chat, and you can just quickly throw up a, uh, a video conference using this. Other than that, it's basically Slack. It's Slack with an Android vibe to it. So if you're not using Meet, there's really no point for you to have Hangouts chat. Well, there is if you're the type of business who's using Google Apps for business. But as I have previously pointed out, and this is not just my bias talking, because, you know, I'll admit I have it. Google Apps for businesses don't work on a corporate level. If you're some indie development team and there's 20 of you, it's fine. It works just great. One of my clients, it's exactly like that. They have maybe 15 people working for them, and that's what they use. And they're fine with Google Apps. That's great. My main job, there's 300 of us. Google Apps does not work. It doesn't work in the slightest. We have to go Office 365. And that really is the delimited. Wow, I just screwed that up. But there's that dividing line. If you're a grown-up company with enough people that you need that kind of collaboration, you're not going to go with Google Apps at all. So you're not going to go with Hangout Chat. You know, I'm interested because Slack integrates quite well with with Google Docs, as we've found out. We've used it, and it work it works well. I'm curious what what what's different with the the Google Hangouts Chat. It integrates with less. <laughs> well, I'm I'm curious how if it if it will give you more functionality within Google Docs or Google you know slides or whatever if if it's going to bring anything to the table there and I'm also curious if it's uh, Google is eventually going to shut down that API for the Google integration with um, Slack. It's very possible. It's quite possible actually. Um, so speaking of shutting things down and breaking them. Google broke Drive for Windows. Absolutely and utterly. People, I mean, to be fair, the Drive for Windows client hasn't been updated in, oh, I don't know, forever. And so everyone was kind of surprised when suddenly they got a push up for, update for it, and it suddenly said it was no longer Google Drive. It was instead, what is it, Backup and Sync, which is an odd name. Yes. Oh, and by the way, backup and sync doesn't work. And then it said flat out that it couldn't be used with your account and your account was wrong. And when you try to actually right click the client and kill the client, it says this UI is confidential. Do not leak. Well, it's not really leaked if you push it live to everyone. Yeah, that is true. That That is a valid point. Um... So good job, Google. That that yeah. was a bit of a fail. Um, and uh, if that's not a big enough fail, let's talk about the Nexus 6. <laughs> Google really had a bad week. It's uh, not often that we just have screw-up after screw-up after screw-up from Google like we do this week. There are missteps. There are weeks where they have missteps or they have things that were not popular. These are just straight-up screw-ups. So a lot of Nexus 6 users were very surprised to find... When they're, when they woke up one morning that their phone had upgraded to Android 7.0 Nougat. They were surprised because they had previously been on 7.1.1 Nougat. 
Well, it turns out, for reasons that aren't exactly clear yet, Google has decided that the Nexus 6 will no longer get Android 7.1.1, even after it had already rolled it out. So instead, it rolled out a downgrade and basically forced all the phones to downgrade back to 7.0. Here's the problem, and it's a big one. Android itself eh, doesn't really care. I mean, it's not the happiest if you downgrade it, but the apps that are installed on Android, they outright hate it when you downgrade operating systems. They're not supposed to do it. They're not built for it. So they break. They all break. Even like Google Play services breaks. Do you know what you can do with an Android phone when none of the apps work? And I mean none of them. The dialer, the contacts, Google Play services. Not a lot. You can basically boot it up and then constantly hit OK on the error screens you get. And that's it. Yeah. Now, they did mention that if any Nexus 6 users want to um, stay on 7.1.1, they can do so. However, they will not get any future OTA updates. Uh, they'll have to manually sideload and flash those uh, on their own, which is real great for that, you know, 60, 63-year-old woman who knows nothing about technology, but her grandkids said, hey, get this phone. Right, right. It's always updated. Google always takes care of it. Oh, and Google has, to their credit, put out a statement saying how you can fix it, how you can take care of it. Uh, uh, not to their credit. The statement is, do a factory reset. Yeah. It's not now, even I saying, sorry. I'll read you the quote. Quote, there was a recent OTA update for Android 7.0 that is causing confusion for some Nexus 6 users. For those of you that want to guarantee future OTA updates, you will need to get back on the 7.0 supported track. If you are experiencing issues after accepting the 7.0 update, please factory reset your device to help resolve any problems. For any Nexus 6 user that wants to continue flashing, sideloading future builds, you can stay on 7.1.1 and continue to do so. End quote. Now, what was the big issue with seven one one? Is that is was it mainly that it broke Android Pay? Because in my experience, Android Pay sucks pretty hard, which we talked quite a bit about. I honestly don't know. This is just bizarre to me. The Nexus Six was their flagship when it came out. It's a Nexus. Yep. To yeah. forcibly downgrade it, and then in that statement, basically saying, "Oh." Well, you did something you weren't supposed to when you bought a Nexus solely for the, for the sole reason of getting every update. Oops, now, but you, you did that wrong and you got every update and now you're screwed. Some of these comments are awesome though in this article. Somebody says here they couldn't figure out the Android pay issue so they're releasing the 7.0 build. <laughs> um, the, the number on that is, um, FU3, um, and I won't. I won't go on. Um, someone else here says, I still haven't received the 711 OTA and can't sideload it because the March security update for 7.0 has a release date after the release date of the last available 711 <laughs> build, making the sideload impossible. Um, someone else said a conspiracy theorist would say this is a scheme to sell pixels, but there are no pixels because they're all sold out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this is just a giant cluster here. Not, not I a good time. It's like, look, okay, 
Android Pay's broken. Well, that's that's too bad. That's really too bad. That sucks. I'm sorry. Don't break an entire line of phones to make up for it. That doesn't fix the issue. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, they're breaking other stuff, too. Yeah, they broke the sanctity of the home. Google Home, it turns out, and, and we knew this was a possibility, but we'd never actually come across it in the wild yet. Um, let, let's say that you have a, a Google Home hub, and you ask what your schedule is that day. It will say, oh, you have a meeting at 10, p- 10 a.m., you have lunch with Jenny at 1 p.m., you have kids' soccer tryouts at 3 p.m., and then, and I'm quoting here, by the way, Disney's live-action Beauty and the Beast opens today. In this version of the story, Belle is the inventor instead of Maurice. That rings truer, if you ask me. For some movie fun, ask me something about Belle. <laughs> okay, Google Home, didn't ask you, don't care. And it's really weird, because as this article with Endgadget points out, you can't buy movie tickets through Google Home. So why is it bothering to tell you this at all? And it turns out it's because if you pay Google enough money, they'll throw the ads onto your Google Home. But no, that's not right. Google says, this quote, this isn't an ad. The beauty in the assistant is that it invites our partners to be our guest and share their tales. Shut up, Google. <laughs> Just shut up. So as There's saying, no good spin for that. There's not. They say in the article, in other words, you too can advertise on Google Assistant if your pockets are deep enough. But it's not an ad. Oh my gosh. There's no good way to spin this. And that is why I will never have a Google product controlling my home. Oh yeah. When everyone's like, oh, don't you wish you were living up in an area with Google Fiber? No, because Google is an ad company. They're an ad company that make really great things. Don't get me wrong. I use a lot of their services. I use an Android phone. And I we've, we've talked about on this show that there's an inherent risk you run with using products for free. You're going to give away some stuff. But I don't want that. I don't want to be held at gunpoint in my own home by a virtual assistant. It's like if, yeah. if you paid for it, and I'm assuming you did because you paid for a Google Home Hub you shouldn't be getting ads. It's just, yeah. 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 I, I don't like that. If I pay for something, I don't want ads. Like if I pay for an app and I see ads, nothing will make me get a refund on that app quicker. Mm -hmm. It's, it's unacceptable. Why am I paying for it? If you're still going to feed me ads. Well, now what's really funny now is speaking of ads, YouTube is in some hot water in the UK because of their ad policy. It turns out that there are a lot of uh, advertisers, let's just say it's not so savory stuff they're advertising, racially charged stuff, politically motivated, racist, xenophobic, you know, proper things. And they're putting ads on YouTube, and YouTube is approving them and playing them. Unfortunately, they're playing them side by side with other advertisers who don't necessarily want their Domino's pizza ad playing back to back with a copy of Mein Kampf. Go fig. (laughs) I can't imagine why. So we're talking like tons of advertisers have pulled out from advertising with, with YouTube. And so Google has been forced to, uh, 
um, completely change their ad policy and say, quote, we're committed to doing better. That's that's good. I'm glad they're committed to doing better. But, you know, it reminds me of the, and we've talked about this, the ads for Jägermeister that would show up when Schmitty's kids were watching Sesame Street videos. Right, right. And that's bad, but at least it's not like a terrorist recruitment video. Yeah. Which some of these were. I... Look, I am all for disruption of an industry, okay? When someone says that they have a great idea and they can come in and they have a way to do something for better or for cheaper or that gets better service or better whatever, I'm usually all for it. But sometimes you have to take a step back and look at what was there before and wonder, hey, you know that old advertising model that TV stations used to do? Maybe it was that way for a reason. Maybe it wasn't them being lazy and not innovating. Maybe they tried innovating and bad things happened, and this is the model that they settled on. I'm, yeah, just, you know, I'm just saying. I, I can't help but think about how how Google used to always say, you know, don't be evil, yet they they really seem to to be evil as of late. They're not evil. They're just turning a blind eye to evil. Which is philosophically the same thing. Yeah, I was going to say, is there a difference there? Yeah. Um, speaking of evil, Uber. Google's currently in the middle of a lawsuit with Uber, and they could potentially just destroy the company. See, we've talked about this briefly, but one of Google's top execs who dealt with their self-driving car fleet and their LiDAR systems that they built was headhunted by Uber and, oh, hey, by the way, that proprietary LiDAR information that Google developed with him suddenly started showing up on Uber cars. It's no real surprise that Uber has been wanting to do self-driving cars, so Google took them to court for it, and it looks like they may win. Now, people are hating Uber, so big whoop, what happens if they don't get self-driving cars? Well, if they don't get self-driving cars, it's very possible the company's just going to fold. A report came out about how Uber self-driving cars are doing, and let me pull up the exact stats, because um, I've forgotten it here. Okay. Um, and that's not it. Let's put it this way. Um, they have a number, a, a metric, where they say how far it can drive before a driver has to take over for one reason or another. And they found that, on average, it came to 0.8 miles. So every 0.8 miles, or every, nearly every three-quarters of a mile, a human driver had to take over for some reason. Um, and That doesn't bode well. And then there were, I think, 100... Uh, there was about 200 miles before it had to, a driver had to take over for a quote-unquote critical intervention. So, I don't know, I was about to drive off a cliff or something. Why does this matter? Well, see, Uber has been doing something that mm, isn't really uh, advisable in the business world. They have been treating everyone like crap, pretty much. Their drivers, their employees, everyone, and gouging their customers and not really caring about it because... They're hoping that their momentum will carry them to the point when they don't need those people anymore and they'll have a self-driving fleet. 
It reminds me a lot of AOL back in the day. Right. They're not fixing the system that's broken. They're just hoping they can hold out long enough until the new system will take over and then those problems are a thing of the past. Well, if Google wins their lawsuit, that new system will never come to pass. And yeah, they'll they're, suddenly, they're done. They'll very suddenly have to deal with everything they've been putting off, and they can't. No, they can't. I mean, they're currently using losing money at between two and three billion a year, and Uber passengers only pay about forty one percent of the cost of the trips, with investors making up the rest. Um, so, yeah, that's that's um that's bad news, and I I don't know if I've mentioned it here. I actually drove for Uber for a while. Just yeah, I think I think you've mentioned it a couple times. Uh, I don't, I don't remember if I have or not, but I I haven't driven for about three months now, just because they've changed things, the pay structure so much to where I was driving to break even, and I don't need the money. I was doing it for for you know extra money, you know entertainment value, and driving to break even. No, I'm not going to do that. My time is worth more than breaking even. Mm-hmm. But I got some other Uber news that's just come out today. Um, apparently, their president, Jeff Jones, is leaving the company. Now, this is not their CEO. No, this is not the CEO. This is the president. And he he's done. Um, he said, uh, quote, I joined Uber because of its mission and the challenge to build global capabilities that would help the company mature and thrive long term. It is now clear, however, that the beliefs and approach to leadership that have guided my career are inconsistent with what I saw and experienced at Uber, and I can no longer continue as president of the rideshare business. There are thousands of amazing people at the company, and I truly wish everyone well. So. Okay. So, yeah, he's he's done. Admittedly, and, I think now's the time to get out, so. Yeah, and and Travis uh, Kal- Kalanick, Kalanick, the CEO sent an email out to everyone saying, I want to let you know that Jeff Jones has decided to resign from Uber. And then he gave a little bio on him. It said, um, said, after we announced our intention to hire COO, Jeff came to the tough decision that he doesn't see his future at Uber. It's unfortunate that this was announced through the press, but I thought it was important to send all of you an email before providing comment publicly. So That doesn't sound petty at all. It really doesn't, does it? Yeah. <laughs> um, Google has tried to launch a new thing this week, too, very quietly, called Jamboard. It's a touchscreen system that looks a lot like a whiteboard, only you can interact with digital pens, and it connects with G Suite, which is you know their, their Google apps, and it has a webcam, so you can do a video conference, and it's just really, really sweet. I was talking with Colin about this, actually, this week. He is absolutely giddy with the idea of this thing. And I looked at it, and I said, Colin, Microsoft had that back with XP. It was a large screen. It had touch capabilities. It had multiple pens and pen colors and tools. It was a video screen. It was an annotation screen. It was a video conference screen. Congratulations, Google. You just copied Microsoft from uh, about 10 years ago. If that was with XP, that's a lot longer than 10 years, man. 15. XP was around for a long time, remember? That is true. I I just... uh, 
Now, don't get me wrong. I'm sure it's a lot better. Computers have gotten better in that time, but this is nothing new in the slightest. In fact, it's kind of disappointing. Uh, Microsoft did roll out their Teams client. You mentioned it earlier when uh, we were talking about Hangout Chats. Uh, it's another Slack uh, contender. It is not as versatile as Slack because it is meant for Office 365 users. So if you are on an Office 365 account with enterprise or corporate level, you already have it. I got it set up this week for my uh, day job, and I got to tell you, it's pretty sweet, actually. Now, again, I, uh, let me reiterate, it is meant for people in Office 365. So you can't create a new team with people who are outside your Office 365 organization. Slack is more powerful that way because that is specifically what it's for, right? But that caveat aside, everything else it does is actually better than Slack. And I don't say that lightly because we use Slack like crazy. It has a built-in file repository that connects directly into your OneDrive for business. It has a meeting tab that connects directly into your Office 365 uh, agenda, your calendar. And on top of that, it then has all the same integrations that Slack has, so it can connect to Zendesk and, and everything else. It's quite impressive. Nice. So, good on you, Microsoft. Here's hoping this goes somewhere. So, yeah, here's hoping. Um, T-Mobile has decided to go on a killing spree down in Texas. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh, but the way that you mentioned that, um, yeah, it, yeah. I, I love how you, how you worded this. T-Mobile kills two in Texas. Authorities rush to stop it from killing again. Now that's horrible that two people died, uh, there were ghost calls to 911 linked to two deaths in Dallas. Mm -hmm. So what's happened here is that people have been calling 911, and they've been calling using their T-Mobile phones. And for some reason, it won't connect. And instead, we'll put ghost calls into the system, thereby flooding the 911 operators with ghost calls and that hang up. Well, when someone calls 911 and hangs up, the 911 operator has to call them back. Because they're ghost calls, it doesn't always mean the number's correct. So we have people who are calling on uh, 911, uh, like a six-month-old um, died when his babysitter couldn't call. The babysitter called and was on hold for 31 minutes. Um, another person, a 52-year-old person, uh, died uh, when it took them 20 minutes to get to a dispatcher. And this is all happening from the system malfunctioning and not connecting the call and instead flooding the PBX board with ghost calls. So T-Mobile has a team of engineers in the area and they will not leave until it's fixed. It's unfortunate. Uh, no, it, it just is. I mean, it's funny how I worded it, but it's, you got to think how many people have landlines now that they're calling 911 with? Well, and the interesting thing is it's not even certain that the issue is T-Mobile's fault. So you got to give them credit for sending down engineers to look into it and get it resolved, despite that fact. Right. Now, it's possible that it's their fault. So, I mean, they're being proactive in the event that it is. But, you know, two people's deaths are nothing to be taken lightly. And, you know, we probably shouldn't. Um, we're, we're definitely not making light of, of the fact that two people lost their lives. But the situation is, I mean, it's it's really quite serious when you stop and think about it. 
but I'll still write a funny headline. Yeah, because that w- that was pretty entertaining. Thank you. Uh, GoPro. There's nothing sacred. <laughs> no. GoPro has announced awesome news. Their stock prices have been soaring. Um, they've been able to pull in uh, record revenue. They've been able to meet all estimates uh, for their profits. Everything's great. And all they had to do was get rid of... Uh, what percentage is this now? I don't know. They've cut a lot of jobs, though. Yeah, they had to... Well, good news. Let's not worry about the fact that uh, they just fired 270 people, which for such a small company is actually quite a large amount. Their shares have gone up 123%. Oh, yay. Look, if the only way you can say you're making money is because you keep firing people so your expenses go down, I've got news for you. You're not making money. No, you're not. Now, they also will take $10 million in restructuring charges as part of the cuts. So, yeah, it's not, not a good thing. Now, I was talking with somebody at, at my job the other day, and he's a huge drone guy. He loves drones. And the GoPro drone that has the camera and stuff and putting, putting cameras, GoPro cameras on other drones, I mean, he's just not a fan of that. He thinks that that's a horrible, horrible idea, the way that they're going about that. But they're really kind of heavily betting that that's the next niche that they can get into. But unfortunately, GoPro, I think, is very much a niche product. I've got one. I've used it a couple of times. It's it's a really nice one. It's got the LCD touch screen and stuff. But I just have no need for it. I don't skydive. I don't scuba. I don't do all this stuff that that GoPro thinks everybody does. And right. I wonder if the people who are going to buy a GoPro have already bought a GoPro and there's just kind of not the need for a new new model of the camera now and that's really what's what's going on there they just they've sold to everybody they're going to sell to you know it'd be really awesome if it's if it's gopro could make a better interview camera or a better night vision camera or a better underwater camera or an hdr camera meant just for cinematographers or a oh a astronomer's camera, one that is specifically meant for low levels of light or extended yeah. aperture. You know, specialize the crap out of it. Not everyone are these insane mountain bikers or snowboarders or living the extreme life. Give us one with just incredible microphone technology. Give us one that's meant to withstand a car crash. Give us ones that are meant for space. Yeah. I mean, why not? They they really, I think, need to think outside of the box if they're going to survive. But I, I'm afraid GoPro may be done. Well, it, they very well may be because, sorry, GoPro, everyone else has figured out your formula and they're doing it cheaper than you. Yeah. And if they can't make the money, they have, like Sony, sorry, if Sony's Handycam or um, their Action Cam department doesn't bring in profit, it's not like Sony was banking everything on it. They have other things going for it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, GoPro really is kind of a one-trick pony. Mm-hmm. Get some new ponies. Yes. That sounded awkward. Um, <laughs> so remember that Yahoo hack that just showed everyone's information? It turns out that someone with nearly administrative credentials may have been spearfished. 
Oh, really? Is that what caused it? Yeah, the FBI is actually uh, ha- has been investigating and has uh, announced some indictments involved with it. Uh, but it turns out some Russian hackers um, targeted some people who had nearly administrative rights who shouldn't have. And they fell for it and let them in. They got access to half a billion accounts because of that. Could be worse. Could be this marketing company we've never heard of that has all of our corporate information. Oh, yeah, there is that, isn't there? Yeah, okay, so uh, Dun & Bradstreet, it's a business services giant, and it owns this gigantic database, 52 gigs in size, containing just under 33.7 million unique email addresses. It acquired it from another company, um, a marketing company called Net Prospects. Uh, if you've ever gotten just this random email out of nowhere saying, hey, are you looking for a job? Come to monster.com or, or some other spam that knows a lot about you. Good chances are that it came from that database. Well, it was compromised. Oh, good times. Yeah. Good times. Well, if if you want to know if you were involved, uh, Have I Been Pwned has, has obtained that database. I have not been involved in this one, but I keep getting reminded that Dropbox, Last FM, LinkedIn, and Trillion all screwed me over. Mm-hmm. So, thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Well, Adobe screwed me over, Dropbox, LinkedIn, and Modern Business Solutions. It's okay. They only got my date of birth, email addresses, my gender, my IP addresses, all job titles, names, phone numbers, and my physical address. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on. Uh, let's skip this one because it only happens to the Dutch and no one listens to us over there. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> the U.S. Navy is really, really, really concerned about the singularity, that time when AI becomes sentient, there's more of it out there than there are us, and things just snowball. So much so that they have uh, enrolled in what they are calling Mowgli, or Massive Multiplayer Online Wargame Leveraging the Internet. They want gamers to come on board and help them find solutions to either prevent it from happening or defeat it when it does happen. Now, I have an idea. This is not their first time. DARPA's done this before. How about you just stop creating robots that you know are going to become sentient and destroy the world? Or make them at least happy, you know? Make them the robots who make our McDonald's foods, not the ones who can carry guns and climb ladders. Yeah. Speaking of McDonald's. Such fun. They had a bad week. They did. I feel I kind of feel bad for for McDonald's corporate people cuz you know that this was most likely an instance of somebody using multiple Twitter accounts in one client and just and, had the wrong one selected. And had the wrong one selected. McDonald's corporate and it's, which is a separate Twitter account evidently than just McDonald's um tweeted out tagging President Donald J. Trump, that he was a sorry excuse for a president with tiny hands, and they really wish Barack Obama was still president. Which is, needless to say, a polarizing stance for McDonald's to uh, make. Fifteen minutes later, the tweet was deleted. They have not addressed it. They've not said sorry. They're hoping no one noticed. Guess what? People noticed. The internet notices these types of things. Yeah. Yeah, um, I love some of the response tweets going, oh, McDonald's is now serving roasts. <laughs> I loved that one. 
<laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, I really think that someone was intending to tweet from their personal and happened to select the wrong account. That's gotta suck. That's gotta suck. It does. And you wonder, was somebody fired? Are they just sweeping it under the rug? Uh, I mean, normally if something like this would happen, happens, they'll at least tweet out an apology saying they were hacked or something because that's what they do. I think people have stopped believing that. I, I don't think anyone is pulling that anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. I love, though, how they call out his tiny hands. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of tweets... Hey, it's almost like I lined these headlines up perfectly. It really is. So a journalist was had a seizure induced, nearly died for it. Um, Kurt Eichenwald, I think I said that correctly. He's a contributing editor for the Vanity Fair. And it turns out that someone tried to kill him via Twitter. Now, whether or not they thought it would work is irrelevant it's a well-known fact that he has epilepsy, suffers from seizures, and someone sent him a tweet with a video to induce a seizure, saying, you deserve a seizure for your post, and written on his computer were things about like, how he hopes that they die. Yeah, and now, so the FBI has arrested this person. Yeah, you send uh, you send a seizure inducing video to somebody you know has has epilepsy. You're just being a dick. You say, "I hope this kills you," and all of a sudden, that right there is attempted murder. Yeah, um, I'm going to read the article here. Quote: After pursuing a search warrant, police say they found Twitter direct messages in which the suspect discussed Eichenwald and said he hoped his messages would send him into a seizure and that he was waiting to see if the writer dies. He additionally had a screenshot of a Wikipedia page for Eichenwald in which he altered it to say that the victim died on December 16th, 2016, the day after he sent the strobe. End quote. Yeah. Um, it's like taking douchiness to a whole unhealthy level. It really is. Now, part of me wants to say we talked about this shortly after it happened. We, we just, might have. We might have. I don't remember it. But um, it, it sounds vaguely familiar to me. But regardless, a person's a horrible person for doing it. And I don't I don't know much about that reporter. No um, one deserves that. But that's that's not cool. That's not cool. Um, our last headline is a feel-good article about how we are screwed thanks to the FCC. The FCC has decided that cybersecurity isn't really its business. It doesn't need to do that. It considers it um, un-American for them to regulate um, the flow of information from different, you know, companies. Not at all because, you know, it's good for us, but because it's actually really, really inconvenient for ad agencies who want that information from us. Now, if it's not the FCC's job to deal with cybersecurity, whose job is it? I don't know. Okay, so he um, has said that Net neutrality is a mistake, and I know your feelings on that. And I know other people's feelings on it, and also said that um, he stopped an order that would have uh, fixed issues with the emergency alert system that allows people to hijack nine one one calls. 
Um, he removed a public view, removed from public view a study by FCC economists highlighting the growing gap between the communication sector, corporate cybersecurity investment, and that needed to be properly protected. Now, the actual mission of the FCC is to, quote, for the purpose of promoting safety of life and property through the use of wire and radio communications, end quote. I think cybersecurity falls in that, so I don't know what on earth this dude is doing. I don't think he got the memo. No, I know exactly what he's doing. He's playing very nice with ad agencies. That's what it seems, doesn't it? Yeah. He's done a lot of stuff that it really points to the fact that he is selling out the American people. I'm so glad we have someone like him on our side, aren't you? Yeah. I feel better already. Well, okay. I don't have any favorites now. That killed my buzz. I don't really have any favorites either. Um, I will say, though... Um, we, we saw again, Weird Al. We did see Weird Al. Um, but thank you to to Dan Farr and Brian Brandenburg at Salt Lake Comic Con. Uh, once again, they've done a great job uh, appeasing the fans here in, in the Intermountain West who are quite rabid geeks. Let's just call it what it is. Yep. Um, so, so the favorite is Salt Lake Comic Con Fanix 2017. Despite the few hiccups, really well done, amazing guests. I mean, it was it was just a lot of fun. So a lot of so fun. Thank you. All right. Well, that is our show this week. We're going to go out on some Chuck Berry. Unfortunately, he died Saturday night, uh, right after Fanex closed, I believe, or maybe it was the afternoon. Uh, uh, one of my favorite track of his, "Johnny Be Good." Uh, until next time. Cheers. Good day.
This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.